Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Blue Jackets fans, happy Tuesday. This is Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There is still no hockey, but don't worry, we still have plenty of content. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're going to ignore that this podcast is going up at like 6 p.m. Thank you for listening. Whether you are a first-time listener or a regular listener, Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. Today we have got part one of a special uh, crossover conversation I had with uh, Jack Bushman of Locked on Blackhawks. We decided to get together and do a preview of tonight's game and then tonight's game got cancelled so we figured we would have a catch-up, check in on uh, how the Blackhawks are doing this season especially Seth Jones, talk a little bit about that trade and how that's worked out. And because we are who we are as people, we talked for like an hour. So this is going to be a multi-show conversation. Hopefully it will get us all the way through to the Blue Jackets next game, which right now is Nashville on Thursday. So I will uh, just get right into this first part of the conversation with Jack Bushman of Locked On Blackhawks. All right, folks, joining me for a special crossover episode this afternoon is none other than Jay Forster from Lockdown Blue Jackets. Jay, it's been quite a while. I know our teams were supposed to have a game going on here tonight. Uh, unfortunately, of course, that has been postponed to a later date, but uh, we're going to break down a bunch of good stuff on the show here today, and thank you for still taking the time to join me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Always, It's always fun. Uh, it's been weird. I feel like we we talked a lot last season obviously because the blue jackets and the blackhawks played each other about a million times but, uh, i kept being like oh i'm sure i'm sure we play the black Jack, the the black jacks wow the blackhawks soon uh it's it's later it's fine um i'm sure we play the the blackhawks soon and then i looked at the schedule and was like oh we play them in like three days and then obviously covid was like actually no, you don't. So no, it was tough. And yes, it has been weird. I agree as well. I, I kind of had a similar situation with uh, Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers the other day. I hadn't spoken with him since the those those uh, the Blackhawks and Panthers obviously were and Blue Jackets were all in the same division last year. And I talked to you. I talked to him like you know six or seven times throughout the yeah. season. And here we are now, almost into 2022, and I feel like I haven't spoken to you all in forever. So uh, again, thank you for taking the time to join me today. And for all those listening, we have a pretty fun episode on tap where I talk about both the both our teams the Chicago Blackhawks and the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, we're also going to discuss the COVID situation on both sides and the fun part to end this episode we're going to talk about the swap uh, the swap that these two teams made over the offseason which was obviously Seth Jones coming to Chicago and Adam Boquist plus a couple of picks going to Columbus so should be a lot of fun Jay um, but, but first things first, I got to ask you, I mean, Columbus, I, I don't think probably even you yourself expected them to be 14, 13 and one here through their opening 28 games, uh, after kind of the projection, I think people thought of this team was heading, how have they been able to do it? How, how have they been able to stay right of right in the thick of things out East? Yeah, it's been, 
it's been such a weird season and I I have kind of I've always said you know all through the off season and through the beginning of the season I talked about okay the Blue Jackets are probably going to be bad I think they're going to be as bad as everyone says but I don't expect them to be competitive this season and then um they started the season seven and three so they've kind of fallen off a little bit recently I think they've lost like six of their last eight games or something uh it's been so long since they've played I no longer remember um so they're kind of they're dropping off a little bit, but yeah, it's been, and every, I think this this season this start has surprised everyone, uh, including you know the coach, the players, the people who cover them. Uh, but I think it's it, it's tough to say like the, to look at what's been uh, like the keys for their success. I think, and I think it's it's probably down to a handful of things. The goaltending was very good. To, to start the season, Elvis Malikens was lights out for the first kind of 10 games. He's been ordinary recently, so hopefully he can kind of get back up. Uh, we've been scoring kind of by committee. I think everyone's been getting involved. Uh, and then I think it's just, you know, uh, uh, the players look like they're having fun. They, they look like they're a team. Uh, I think Brad Larson has done a really, really good job because that was, I think, the biggest question mark coming into this season was not the new players, was not, you know, how is uh, Elvis Mosleykins going to respond to, you know, this massively traumatic offseason that he had, but how is Brad Larson going to coach a group of very young players who haven't played with each other a ton? And apparently the answer is just kind of let them let them figure it out. And he's done, he's done a really good job. They look, they look good out there. They look like a, a team that's played together for a lot longer than they have. Yeah. I was actually just about to ask you about Brad Larson as well. Obviously uh, the John Tortorella situation had numerous ups and downs throughout his tenure there in Columbus. Um, but it's good, good to hear that, you know, Larson's jumped in there and, and really has kind of helped steer this young team into a, a new direction here. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to ask too, what do you think, at least in your opinion, um, has been the biggest difference between Larson and and Tortorella, if there's anything that you've noticed in particular? Uh, yeah, and I think and we've talked about this before. You know, I was a big fan of Tortorella in Columbus. I think he did a lot of good with this team. I think he put some respect on this team's name around the league. Obviously, we won our first playoff series under him. Uh, there were a lot of aspects of his coaching style that I did not really uh, appreciate or like gel with. Uh, but the main one for me, the thing with Tortorella is if a player makes a mistake, they're done for the night. Generally, Larson has not had that approach. Um, and so, you know, we, we see a lot of mistakes. This is not a perfect team. They are not playing very good hockey, uh, all of the time, you know, they've had some absolutely awful games, but the difference for me with Larson has been, he's letting the guys play through it. He's letting them make up for their mistakes. You know, if they they make a mistake, they go out there and they fix it the next shift. They don't sit on the bench and like stew over it and think about what they've done. Uh, and I actually think that's uh, a big reason why the power play has been a lot better than than expected. Because I think the last time I checked, the power play was about 10th in the league, ninth or 10th in the league, which for us is basically like the equivalent of winning the Stanley Cup. Our power play has been <laughs> awful for literally years I think 2016 was the last time the power play was good and I couldn't figure out what the issue with the power play was and then I watched it this season and it just it seems to be uh this weird confidence and I think it's because the players know that they can make mistakes they can take chances I think that especially towards the end of John Tortorella's tenure with the team there was kind of this um this paralysis 
almost of not wanting to take chances in case it goes wrong, because then if it goes wrong, they'll get benched. And then, you know, it's this, this domino effect, but the players are playing like they know they're allowed to make mistakes. And when you know that you're allowed to make a mistake, I think it makes you more confident and you're less likely to actually make the mistake, I think. And so the, the, there's a lot more chances being taken. It's a much more of a, a high risk, high reward team than it was with Tortorella. And I think that's a big, a big thing that, you know, initially I looked at for the power play and actually it's kind of the entire game is, is kind of like that. Every player looks like they're playing with a little bit more confidence and, you know, confidence in themselves and also confidence in the coach not to immediately bench them if they make the wrong decision they give the puck away they you know the puck deflects in off their stick instead of uh you know blocking the shot or whatever so i think that's i've got more of my conversation with jack but first i want to tell you about bet online because they've got you covered all season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues their march to the playoffs the nhl season continues their march to the playoffs Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON or one word to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Once again, that is promo code locked on or one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms that's the biggest thing for me with brad larson is letting the players make mistakes and not punishing them for it immediately honestly that's kind of in my opinion at least the perfect mindset to have around a young team listen we're gonna make mistakes but we're gonna learn in a couple years we're gonna learn from those mistakes that that's i think kind of the forgotten part of a rebuilding team obviously you know you, you don't expect a team to win very much but you can't jump on players too much for their mistakes because they have to learn those things. Not everything's just going to be handed to you in the national hockey league. Not everyone's Connor McDavid just walks in and is the superstar of the league. You know, you have to figure things out for your own. And um, those growing pains are just kind of part of the process in my opinion. So it's kind of nice to hear that Larson has um, allowed, especially a young team to kind of be a little bit more free and a little bit more relaxed. It sounds like on the ice rather than gripping their stick, worrying about making a mistake. And that seems to honestly um, or possibly have helped out the offense, it looks like, a little bit. Because one thing I noticed when I was doing some research on Columbus, they're 11th in the league in goals per game right now. And I was like, oh, all right, let me go look at some of uh, who's leading the team in goals, assists, who's doing what over here. I noticed they have 14 players already in double figures in terms of points. In comparison, the Chicago Blackhawks have seven. So it's uh, it's it seems like the wealth has been spreaded around here so far for Columbus's offense and those depth pieces have really done a good job uh, of of helping out the top lines and that's really been able to lead this team to some more victories would you agree yeah definitely and that's kind of always been Columbus's thing I think people look at Columbus and they're like oh they haven't got a star player on their team 
you know, for, for the longest time, the closest thing we had to star players were, you know, we had Artemi Panarin for about five minutes. Okay, <laughs> legit bona fide star. Uh, we had Cam Atkinson, who scored 42 goals a couple of seasons ago. You know, people looked at him. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was kind of the closest thing we had to this star sentiment that we've kind of been looking for uh, for years now. And then, obviously, they're all gone. And Patrick Laine is currently out with an injury, uh, although he had a really good start to the season. Uh, I don't know. I think he'll be back soon. He wants to play. But I don't know that the medical staff want him to play yet, which seems to kind of be how it goes for, for hockey players. Um, but, like, it's always kind of been this way of the Blue Jackets score by committee. We don't have a star player. Everyone kind of gets it done. Uh, so I think Boone Jenner has 11 goals. Uh, Alexander Texier and Oliver Bjorkstrand both have nine goals. That's not a lot in when, you know, you look at, okay, 11 goals in 28 games is not a lot. Right. But then, you know, I would be interested to look at the top five goal scorers on each team and see who has the most goals total. Because I feel like a lot of times people look and like, oh, well, their leading goal scorer only has 11 goals. And, you know, Leon Dreisaitl has, what, 28 or 32 goals in, in... Too many to count at this point. Yeah, too many. More goals than, like, some teams have total, you know? So <laughs> I think a lot of people look at that and think, oh, Columbus is has no offense because their top lead, their leader goal scorer only has X amount of goals. But, like you say, was it 14 of our players have a goal? Four, 14 of your players have double-digit points. So I'll look at how double many Double-digit points, there you go, yeah. And so I think when you, when you look at it, I think everyone has... Uh, at least one point except a handful of guys that have only played a few games uh, up to and including Elvis Mosleykins who got his first career assist this season you know so even the goalies are chipping in I think that's yeah like you say it is it's, it's really a case of the depth players are do, doing the doing the job especially while line A is out you know we had to get offense from somewhere I think that's massively been helped by the addition of Jake Voracek who I believe has, I want to say 21 points this season. I think 19 of those, 22, so close. Yeah, I got it pulled up right in front of me. By the way, it was 20 players have scored a goal for the Blue Jackets this year. 20. Yeah, like that's that's kind of the, the Blue Jackets team mentality. Um, Jake Varacek has, I believe, if it's 22 points, I believe 19 or 20 of those are primary assists. <sighs> I mean, that's his bread and butter always has. Exactly. You know, like when we, when we picked him up, I thought, okay, this could be, he could be a difference maker on this team. And so far he's doing exactly what we picked him up for. He's basically just handing the puck to people and they're putting it in. It's great. Um, So I think he's a big reason that the the Blue Jackets have been doing so well on offense is that we finally have that, you know, elite playmaker passer that we've needed. So in a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Jack of Locked on Hawks. Well, yeah, definitely seems like it's making an impact on the offense power plays role in Columbus is nearly in the top 10 in, in goals per game. The Blackhawks, on the other hand, that is where they struggle mightily. This Blackhawks offense is downright terrible, but I would have been interested to see how this matchup would have gone, Jay, because I noticed Columbus 25th in the NHL in goals against. Do, do you think that's more so... Um, because of their defensive struggles or has the goaltending kind of um, fallen back down to earth? What do you think it is in your opinion, or is it a little bit of both? I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think it's more the defense than the goaltending. Um, I do think that, yeah, okay. 
Elvis Mozikins especially has kind of been very, like I said at the beginning, ordinary so far. Um, whereas, you know, we really need a guy like Elvis to be that all-star goalie that, you know, we've seen flashes of in the past. Uh, he's our future start, like franchise starting goalie, got a massive extension this offseason. I think, you know, Jonas Kopsala has a foot out the door already. He's been very good this season, but he's also missed some time to injury. Um I would like the goaltending to be a little bit better, but yeah. And I think it goes back to the fact that it's a young team and especially like the team is so young on defense. Uh, so for, I think our oldest defenseman is Vladislav Gavrikov, who is like 26, uh, you that's know, that's so we've got Wierenski, who's 25, I think, uh, Jake Bean, 21, uh, or 23, excuse me, out of Boquist is 21 like it's the defense is very very young and they're going to make mistakes and that's kind of what's been what's been happening and it's been a, a, a weird shift because the Blue Jackets I feel like have always been known as a defense heavy team but they couldn't score goals for the life of them and that's kind of flipped a little bit this season and it's making for some really fun hockey I was about to say which way would you <laughs> rather have it <laughs> I mean I like as a goalie myself I would prefer it to be a little bit less high scoring um, but the, and, that, and that's been the, the, the thing about the Blue Jackets this season, as well as I was actually just talking about this um, on a different podcast, that the Blue Jackets are not playing perfect hockey. Sometimes they're not playing good hockey. Usually they're playing fun hockey. And that's kind of, I don't mind losing if it's also fun to watch, you know, especially with this, if this is a young team. If it's a, you know, like, if they're getting 11 shots a game against Ottawa or whatever, and losing like that I would have a problem with that but if they're you know getting 45 shots against Tampa Bay and losing like 5-4 or whatever like it sucks but I have way less of a problem with that and so the Blue Jackets have kind of been going with this high event on both ends of the ice hockey which while stressful is also yeah like it's, it's pretty fun and having been on the opposite end of that you know the Blue Jackets have spent a long time just hating offense of any kind on both both ends of the ice. And I'm sure you can attest to this as the Blackhawks are struggling to score goals at the minute. Like hockey's more fun when there are goals. hundred percent. And it's actually really funny that you brought that up. I was like chuckling to myself because when the Blackhawks had that one, nine and two start the season through their first 12 games, there were times where I'd be sitting watching the games with my buddies and we'd look at each other and we'd be like, they could at least be fun. Like they're losing four to one, like three, nothing. It's like whole, like 20 shots on gold, no high danger chances produced at all. It's like, Oh my gosh, they could at least be fun. Like if we're one, nine and two, but we're a top 15 offense, you know, that that's at least something to hold your hat on. But man, that start for the Blackhawks was about as brutal as it possibly could have been. I mean, yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that actually because I kind of I watched a handful of the games just to kind of check in on on Seth Jones, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, like love of my life. Uh, just he's perfect, and I saw there was a lot of talk, obviously, this off season about have the Blackhawks accidentally, you know, put a cup contending squad together, and um, I watched the. I think it was the the I don't think it was the home opener for the Blackhawks. I think it was their their season opener against Colorado, where that that first opening goal 
was the uh, the the Jack Johnson breakaway the breakaway goal, from Jack Johnson, which like just that. like again as as a Blue Jackets person, as a person that loves Jack Johnson but understands he's bad at hockey. Like I'm sorry that it had to happen against you guys and Marc Andre Fleury specifically, but man, I that was that's still my favorite goal that's been scored all season, um, and uh, that kind of feels like it had been a like a warning of this is what the season is going to be for the, the Blackhawks. So if you could talk a little bit about like that one yeah. nine and two start, then honestly, I probably should have saw it coming after the way Jack Johnson won backhand, <laughs> backhand roof over Mark Andre. I thought it was Eric Johnson at first is the thing. And I was like, Oh man, that sucks. And then I was like, wait, Jack Johnson, <laughs> Eric Johnson would have made a little more sense. Um, but, but yeah, wow. That, that was a tough way to start the season. Honestly, so much has happened since that. I completely forgot about Jack Johnson skating one in on a breakaway. I will never forget. Um, but I mean, oh, I don't even know where to begin with, with the one nine and two start. It, it was just frustrating because obviously as the wins are or the, the wins, I wish the wins were piling up as the losses were piling up. You would figure that the sense of urgency, you know, to get it going here before you put yourself in a hole to start off the season you would have assumed that the urgency would have increased, but it seemed to kind of only be the opposite. And what really I think led to Jeremy Carlton's departure after that 12th game was um, his last game as the Blackhawks head coach against the Winnipeg Jets. We're one, eight and two. We just got our first one a couple nights earlier. It's time to start heading things in this right direction. Whether or not you win the game, at least put together a consistent effort, head in the right direction. Give your, give yourself something to be hopeful for. And in the first two minutes of that game up in Winnipeg, the Blackhawks allowed two goals. They got down uh, in a big hole early. And it was just clear, I think, at that point that the team was not hearing and reciprocating Jeremy Colleton's message that he was, you know, uh, saying in the locker room and everything. And And that's about all I've got for you today. Tomorrow we will have more conversation with Jack about the Blackhawks and how they have been playing so far this season. So that's coming up tomorrow. I've been Joe Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.